Hey everyone, Jeff here. Thanks for listening to this episode of Saw Something Scary. This week we're covering Mike Flanagan's 2013 film Oculus. If you listened to our recent episode number 47 on Flanagan's Before I Wake, you remember that Derek and I made a bunch of noise on that episode about finishing up Flanagan's filmography. Well, yeah, we were wrong. We had both seen Oculus, but obviously have never reviewed it on the podcast, so we're doing that on this episode. And as you know, if you listen to the podcast often, we're big-time Flanagan fans, so we went long on the review. That means there's no Jeff Hates trailers or horror reporter this week, but no worries. We plan to have those back next week. Thanks again for listening, and we hope you enjoy this dive into the world of Oculus. Okay, Derek, you ready to talk about Oculus? I'm sorry, sir. Do you mean that it's time to pull the string? That's exactly what I meant. All right, good Thank enough. you for pulling it out of my brain like Professor Xavier. Hey, you're very welcome. That's what I'm here for. First question. Okay. Have you seen the short that this is based on? No. Yeah, you can. It's like 30 minutes long. It's on YouTube. I don't have time for that. Well, you're a fan of fan films, aren't you? I am. This is fan filmish. Like, it's like a good story that gets in and out by 30 minutes. You know, you're not stuck there forever. Okay, but this is, f- f- like, Flanagan did it, though, right? Yeah. So I it's think- a Flanagan fan film. Exactly. That's why it's worth going to watch. All right, then I'm in. So if you want to put that in your Google machine yeah. or your YouTube machine, Oculus Chapter 3, The Man with the Plan. I'm a man with a plan! So we won't talk about that at length. We don't want to spoil it for you or for any of our listeners, but just FYI, this thing had a, a seed form okay. that's available on social media and Well, then let me ask sites. you the question. Let me throw it back at you. Have you seen it? Yeah. Okay. And it's worth going out of my way to watch? Yeah, it's... I'm trying to think what the best horror shorts I've seen are. The one that's that inspired Lights Out is really good. Yeah, I have seen that one. That okay, one's so good. I would say this one's on that tier. Have we reviewed Lights Out for this podcast yet? I don't yeah, think so. Don't we think need so. to do that. Yeah, let's throw that in the hopper for yeah. the next couple episodes. Hopper? We have we have reviewed Stranger Things. Yeah. Have you I don't mean to go on a tangent here, but have you seen David Harbour's like his social media stuff lately? Hmm. So uh this girl this girl asked David Harbour, she tweeted him and she was like, David Harbour, how many retweets for you to do my senior pictures with me. And he was like 25,000 and I get to wear a school sweater and hold like a tuba or something or a clarinet or something like that. So within a day that happens, right? So the This pictures, is why social media is good. Yeah. So the pictures come back, they're adorable, blah, 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 blah. Well then like a couple days later a lady's like, getting married in the fall, David Harbour, how many retweets to officiate my wedding? And he's like, all right, let's do this thing. 125,000 retweets and then he, he listed like his list of demands, done in a day. So then um, he, he wanted to like swim with penguins or go play with the penguins or something and somebody was like well if you can get 200,000 retweets on this David Harbour we'll make it happen and so he's like I give and I give and I give give back to me and so within a day that stuff happens I was just like this is what social media is all about yeah it's a sewer most of the time but every now and then there's like a gym floating down the filth pipe so then I tweeted at The Rock and I was like how many retweets to work out with you and he was like The Rock works out by himself jabroni and I was like "All right, fair enough So I hope Millie Brown has sent a tweet to what's his name? The actor. David Harper? David Harper. Oh, okay. And says, how many tweets will let you let me out of this freaking cabin? <laughs> how about that? He says, 500,000, and you go with an ankle bracelet and this GPS. <laughs> done and done. Done. Okay, so back to Oculus. So, yeah, sorry about that. It just, I, I want, if, if people don't know about that, I just want to let them know that David Harper is the coolest dude in the world. Yeah. Clearly. So, can we talk about the plot a little bit then? I mean, if we have to, sure. <laughs> so the scares in this movie don't really come from jump scares. Yeah. Are there jump scares in this movie? I don't remember any. Well, um, I, I hang on a second. Wahlberg! What? No. Spoiler alert. 
Um, the only reason I wanted to bring him in is because I know that we're going to start going different places. I know that uh, in our format here, we've got a review from somebody who he talks about the jump scares in it. Okay. Uh, me personally, I don't remember many jump scares in it, but I, I, I guess there is now that I'm thinking about it. The, the second time around, I don't remember as many, but I do remember being in the theater and doing my patented and jump scare. Yeah. So so there's when we first like see the kids, they look over and see a mirror-eyed woman. Right. Can't remember if that's jump scarish though. And I think when the little girl goes up to check on her mom after she quote unquote got sick. Yeah. And finds her chained up inside the bed. That's a jump scare. That may be a jump scare. Yeah. Another one for me that I thought was, uh, and this, I mean, obviously we're, we are in Wahlberg territory by now, but one for me was when um, Kaylee goes in, goes back into the house and sees her fiance and he's all mirror, mirror-eyed by that point and it just kind of pops up out of nowhere. Yeah. So I guess there are a few. Yeah. They're, they're they're milder, though. Yeah. Well, let me ask you this, though. Do you think it's milder because we saw it, this is the second time watching it, or do you think that it, they're just milder in general? Because I think you and I, and, and I, again, I, I apologize for jumping all over the place on this, but I think you and I both agree that watching this for the second time was not as impactful as watching it for the first time. Yeah. So the way I'm going to answer your question is to say, I think they're milder because they're better. Okay. I think we're dealing with a guy who is really good at his craft. Yeah. And he does doesn't need a window falling with a loud bang noise in a silent section to get scares out of his audience. And so they're probably jump scary, but they're not the cheap grab okay. that a lot of the jump scares okay. you come across are. Sure. That's a good, yeah, that's a good way of looking at they it. They actually serve the plot. Okay. Right. That's fair. Uh, now, I do think this movie, first watch particularly, this movie is scary. And the scares come out of the sense of like my ability to know what world I'm living in mm-hmm. and if my memories are accurate and if things can control me in a way that I can't sense. Yeah. This movie is almost like a thought experiment of what it would be like to have dementia, I think, where you've got a sense that things aren't right, but you can't trust your sense of why they're not right. Mm-hmm. And I guess for me, that's disturbing at a different level. Sure. You know, when they, Kaylee has all these cameras set up and they go back to check them really early on and she sees them doing stuff they don't remember doing. Right. And I've had multiple family members who suffer from Alzheimer's, uh, dementia. I'm guessing there's a version of that that they're living out. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. That's so anyway, that's a depressing note. I do think there's a strong sense of dread here from the same deal. Like you're going to find out stuff that's been going on you weren't aware of. Right. And it's going to have big consequences. Well, not only that, but in the sense of you don't know what's real and what's false. Right. Like, I mean, I guess that's kind of the layman's term of what you were trying to talk about. But, you know, there, there's so many things in this movie where uh, I remember on the first time watching this when she goes for the apple and I was like, oh, dang, she's about to eat that light bulb and she bites in that light bulb and that I remember it's more visceral to me on that second time and maybe it's just because I'm an old man now but I was like oh stop it and but then doesn't it turn out that she didn't actually bite into the light bulb yeah that's what I'm saying it's like the double turn man yeah that Flanagan's great he just freaks with your head so but there's a lot of that uh, to its to its to a fault I believe and we'll talk about that in a little bit but yeah I mean this is a weird this is a movie that you know you obviously Flanagan wants to keep you guessing throughout this entire thing uh, to to a to a fault, like I said before. So sure, I, I think that's one of the strengths about Flanagan's movies. He doesn't deal with horror for horror's sake. He wants to play around with big ideas. Mm. So for me, I don't know how much this interests you or listeners, but you know, my stock and trade is theology, and classically, philosophy was understood to be the handmaiden to theology. So I'm no expert, but I try to stay conversant with both fields. You know, and this movie to me is dealing with what Emmanuel. 
Kant was working through about how we can know anything about ourselves. And he basically boils it down to the fact that there are rational things taking place within me means I know I can exist. I think, therefore, I am. Mm -hmm. Well, this movie raises that and says, are you sure? Because you can think stuff that is not actually happening in the real world. Sure, yeah. And again, that really rocks you because I think Kant was onto something that we sense intrinsically, that we have to be able to meaningfully interact with our world in a repeated way, basically the laws of science and physics, in order to to be connected to reality. And Mike Flanagan says, there are things out there that can stop you from being able to do that. We just talked about dementia. There's obviously mental illness. Here it's a supernatural monster. But there's a lot of things operating out there that unhinge you from reality as it is. So thanks, Mike. I mean, it's an intellectual exercise to watch some of Flanagan's films. And I think that's part of what sets him so far apart from everybody else. Sure. Yeah, that's a great call. Um, great acting again, too. Yeah, for sure. Um, well, let's let's just go into that because because I feel like that um, I feel like that, that we have maybe a little bit of difference in, of opinion on this. Okay, so let's do it. Yeah, go ahead. I was going to say that Flanagan again gets really strong performances from kiddos. Thinking about Ouija, Origin of Evil yeah. as the point of comparison. Are you familiar with Annalise Basso? Um, yeah, yeah. She was. Uh, I know that she was in. She was in Ouija. Um, is there is there something else she's in that I'm not? Have you seen about? Captain Fantastic? No, I have not, dude. It's nothing like what we review here. It's a homeschooling family on a road trip. Okay. I know that sounds fascinating, but it's her as one of the daughters and Vigo Mortensen as the dad. Okay. Awesome movie, man. Really? Awesome movie. Okay. So, totally recommend you or any of our listeners, if you want a, like a palate cleanse from horror movies, Captain Fantastic is a very interesting alternative. It's sort of a feel-good film, a family film, courtroom drama, a lot of good stuff going on there, and she's really good in it, too. Okay, cool. Yeah, you've, you've piqued my interest. I'll I'll give Goodwill Hunting a chance. Or what was it called again? <laughs> Captain Fantastic. Oh, I was almost there. Uh, now, on the other side of that, Garrett Ryan, who plays Kid Tim, mm-hmm. I don't know anything about him. I know he's in Insidious 2 and 3, but I can't even remember him. I haven't, I, I haven't seen those movies, so okay. I don't even know I was trying to reach for that. <laughs> yeah, sure. Uh, Katie Sackhoff, I like. Yeah. She's in a Western crime series on Netflix called Longmire. Okay. That's right, my wheelhouse. I've told you before, I like Western stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She's really good in that. She plays a deputy. Okay. So those are strong performances. I don't know much about Rory Cochran. I don't know how to compare him against anything. Okay. The one exception to the good acting that I'm pointing to here is actually Karen Gillian. Yeah, I definitely have to disagree with that. Yeah, I, I just see her as wooden and robotic in this. Huh, okay. In fact, in my notes, mm-hmm. I wrote that this in my head now is her origin story for Guardians of the Galaxy because she's becoming a robot. So Thanos finds her with her injuries and he starts doing cybernetic reconstruction. So yeah, get at me, Karen Gillian. Yeah, I, I, yeah, I disagree with that completely. I also think her accent is really inconsistent too. Well, but I mean, she's not she's not American and this was her first American role. I think it shows. So, I, I, I mean, I agree with that, but I also want to kind of give her the benefit of the doubt on it. Okay. Maybe you're Thanos and your affections are stimulated for this potential uh, agent of death that well, you can employ. Well, that's fine, but if you're going to call me by that, at least call me by Thanos, which is the actual Christian name. Whatever. Thanos, Thanos. I can go back and forth. It doesn't matter. Apparently, your accent needs to be changed. I'm experiencing different realities. So, yeah. Uh, Brandon Thwaites. I don't know anything about that guy either. What? So You don't know anything about the guy that's going to play Dick Grayson in, in Titans? Is he really? Yeah, man. Well, then I will automatically like him because I love that character. Yeah, he uh, he played uh, Will Turner's son in the new Pirates of the Caribbean movie, which I, I know was off your radar. Uh, he was in Maleficent with Angelina Jolie. He was in Gods of Egypt. All movies that I have successfully managed to avoid. And he was in The Giver. Great book. Well, phenomenal book. Oh. Horrible movie. 
great. Okay, good. So I have successfully avoided his career, but I will pick back up with Young Master Grayson. Hey, man. The Pirates, He's got the look. Pirates of the Caribbean movie was good. I mean, Johnny Depp was terrible in it. but the Which one is really this? Good. It's the last one. The one that just came out this year where Johnny Depp was like, I've got a, got a divorce to pay for now. Well, Derek, I hold your opinions in high regard, but that's going to be one I'm going to take your word for. It's quite all right, sir. It's no big deal. I understand. All I mean, right. So you said you were diverging. We diverged on Karen Gillian. Yeah. Um, I, I thought I saw somewhere in this that you said that you, you found it. Oh, yeah. Found it hard to care about the non-kid characters on the rewatch. I, I greatly disagree with that. I'm very, very much affected by the adult versions of these characters. Um, you know, I feel for I feel for Tim, who has worked years and years to try to get his life back on track and just slowly it starts to unravel for him. I feel for Kaylee, who has obviously held this for years and is finally so close to being rid of this, I mean, you know, a demon, for lack of a better word, to get this monkey off of her back. And, you know, she's got this fiance on the other side and she's got this great life apparently on the other side. But there's this there's this horror in her past that she needs to deal with. And she's she's so close to getting rid of it. And to see her, you know, to see the the arc that her character takes in this, um, which unfortunately it was one of my critiques in this as well, is that you can see the ending coming 30 minutes into the movie. You know, that's that's horrible. And, and you know, I know that we like to joke about my horror ESP or whatever, but I, I mean, I think anybody in the world could have seen Chekhov's guillotine and known, you know, somebody was, wasn't going to make it through the end of this thing. Uh, not to discredit the kids. I thought the kids did a wonderful job in the movie, but I just, I was, I was very much uh, involved with the, with the adults as well, wanting to see them succeed. Uh, man, we have hit just a string of bad endings lately. Yeah, let's save that one. So I'm with you in that Tim is the one guy who pulls on my heartstrings connected to that ending. Yeah. I think what I'm seeing is a wooden robotic performance from Gillian really takes me out of it because Tim's off on the peripheral kind of watching her. He's really passive for a lot of the time they're together and she's doing most of the heavy lifting. And so since I didn't connect with her, it probably took me out of being able to really care. You mentioned her relationship with her fiance. Mm-hmm. That is tragic objectively, but I didn't get enough time with either one of them to really care about them or their relationship. Now, like, again, I don't want to see anybody die. I don't sure. want to see anybody kill their fiance accidentally. Yeah. So objectively, those are bad things. But I don't know, man. He just, he wasn't enough of a character for him to like grab a heartstring for me. Sure. So I just felt bad that the, the, the mirror was winning. Yeah. Well, I guess, I guess that's where I'm coming from on that too. Uh, again, it's, it's everything that's waiting for her on the other side of this battle, right? Mm-hmm. Like this perfect life that you want to see her survive. And, and I think that that, that does a lot. That plays a lot into the younger version of her, right? Cause you see all this trauma and the unbelievable things that they had to go through as kids. And so that just bleeds through for me, that bleeds through, through the adult as well. Um, if I would have saw, or if I would have thought that Karen Gillan was as wooden as you, as you thought she was, then maybe my, my opinion on that would have been skewed as well. Well, but, I appreciate you trying to find, you know, commonality with me there. So I, the acting is not a weakness in this movie. No, not at all. It's yet again, Flanagan getting really good performances and proving that he can do that across the entire age range. You know, the one person that we forgot to talk about, even though she's, I mean, she's barely in the movie, but 
but she's in the movie. Go for it. Kate Siegel. Yeah, absolutely. Who plays, uh, what's the lady, the name, Mirasol, I think mm-hmm. is the name. Yeah, who plays Mirasol. And I didn't I didn't realize that going into it. And so when she's behind the guy, when you finally get to see her behind, behind uh, the dad, I was like, yes, I've been waiting on you the whole movie. It's been fun to kind of see the the Flanagan verse develop, watching all of his movies along. Yeah. You know what I mean? Did you notice that the auctioneer at the mirror sale is the pregnant sister from Absentia? I did notice that. So little details like that are fun when you've basically stalked a guy's career. Yeah. You know. <laughs> hey, let me let me tell you a fun fact that is just pure happenstance. So in that auction scene, they talk about the Levesque or the Levesque estate estate. Oh yeah. Or Levesque estate, one or the other. Triple H's family. Yeah. And WWE Films produces this movie. That's right. Yeah. I had completely man, great connection, Derek. I had totally forgotten WWE was involved in this. And I remember when I was watching, I was like, I gotta say, hey Derek, look, the best thing that WWE has ever done. Besides the condemned. Yeah. Okay. How dare you disparage the good gosh darn name of Stone Cold Steve Austin. Thought you were gonna go with see no evil parts one through seventeen or whatever they've done. Say no evil here, no evil. <laughs> uh no. I, I completely agree. This is but it was pure happenstance. Like this movie came out, uh I mean Flanagan you know made the film and then WWE studios got on board as like a distribution. Oh, so it. it's just a coincidence yeah, it's that just used pure to happenstance. Work. Well how funny is that? Yeah. Good catch. Good catch. I guess I would like to talk about some of the details of the movie. Then. Absolutely. So I really like the effect of having the mirror people have mirrored eyes. You know, you kind of just make them yeah. a little bit grayer and give them mirror eyes and they became pretty stinking terrifying to me. Good good decision on Flanagan's part there. I also love that, I guess it's kind of the final image for uh, Tim? Kaylee's character. Oh, okay. Where her mom reaches out to hug her through the mirror. Mm. Really good visual effect, man. I really believe there was a woman reaching through a, you know, a mirror to, to embrace another woman. So I appreciate that Flanagan, I don't know, it's just, again, kind of saying the same thing I say every time we watch one of his movies. He's good at telling stories and he's good at every aspect of telling a good movie story. Yeah. He casts well. He gets the best performances out of them. He figures out how to do special effects that aren't like garish. Yeah. But drive it forward. Uh, really add to the movie. He's just really skillful about that. So that, that's all I wanted to highlight with those two. Well, again, with the Flanagan verse, I was struck by how very similar the opening of this film was to Before I Wake. You see these kids being menaced by somebody who's carrying a gun. Yeah, good call, man. I didn't even think about that. I didn't even put that together. Yeah, yeah. that's a really good point. I probably wouldn't have had I not watched them so close to one another. Sure. But yeah, there's that. You can also find that review in our archives. Absolutely. So any other kind of details you want to highlight there, Derek? Um, Let's see, man. I, I just, I really enjoyed, I think, honestly, man, I just really enjoyed everyone's performance in this movie. Hmm. Like, I don't, I don't feel like... That there was a weak person in the movie at all. Um, even uh, look, looking back on it, I can kind of see what you were talking about with like robotic, as far as like her line delivery is real, is real that way. Um, and as a matter of fact, now that you said that, I remember thinking that the second time watching it, like, oh, so this is where she got her uh, her um, her cadence down for Nebula, right? Because it, it seems that same good that same, connection. Yeah, it seems that same way. But I still, man, I thought she I thought she did a wonderful job in this. Uh, I don't know if you know this or not, but she she was in Doctor Who. Okay, no. And that's where Flanagan saw her. And Flanagan, I don't know if he wrote it specifically for her, but I'm pre- uh, but I do know that like she was the only person he wanted for this role. Okay. So I really kind of feel like that maybe in a roundabout way he wrote it for her. And so I, I thought she, I thought she did a wonderful job with it. Um, I, Rory Cochran, the the dad, is very underrated in my so opinion. So what else is he? And 
I, I saw that he was in Dazed and Confused, and his face looks familiar, but I couldn't place him. Yeah, he's one of those proverbial that guy and that thing, right? I know he was in Argo. Oh, okay. Um, but I, that's about it. Like that's about as far as I can I can think. Um, we've got. So Argo, uh, he was in a scanner darkly. Did you ever see that movie? That weird movie it had Keanu Reeves and Robert Downey Jr. and I think Winona Ryder. It was like a Philip K. Dick novel. No, how did I miss that? And it's uh, like three or three of those four things are things that I am really interested in. The other one's Keanu Reeves, exactly. Yeah, uh, although John Wick, baby. Yeah, killer I've movies. Heard nothing but good things. Uh, so scanner darkly, it's uh, not to get off on a rabbit trail, but let's be honest, that's kind of what we do here, <laughs> right? <laughs> if we hadn't called this podcast saw something scary, we should just called it the rabbit trail podcast um but it's it's filmed in like almost a cartoon type of way okay but it's but it's live action okay. it's it, it's interesting sounds like something philip k dick would be on board with yeah for sure um like okay yeah so i'm sorry this is a an audio format and i just showed jeff a picture that you guys won't ever see i apologize for that but uh yeah so he's been in he's been in a few different things uh he was in black mass with johnny depp okay uh the movie about the mob boss i forget whitey bulger i think was his name boston guy yeah, uh, and then Argo, Public Enemies, another Johnny Depp oh, movie, yeah. which was a great, great movie. He and Christian Bale. Uh, he did a stint on Twenty Four. So, dude's been around. He was in Hearts War. You remember Hearts War? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was an underrated movie. So he is that proverbial that guy in that thing, right? Uh, but I thought that he did just a masterful job in this thing because he, you, you know, you you get the sense of kind of like Amityville Horror, right? When when you're in the house, it takes control of you, but when you're outside the house, everything's cool. And I just remember him coming back from the golfing outing and you know he's like hey guys what's going on and the mom snaps and he's like really you can't just say hello and then five minutes later you know he's like don't go in the office the Amityville connection is a really strong one because it's that slow erosion of this guy that is a normal human being that you kind of like yeah into this monster it's also shades of the shining with Jack Nicholson's character yeah good call that's a that's a really strong uh resemblance as well but yeah I just thought that he was really I don't I don't know if I'd say the back bone or not because I think the kids are just head and shoulders above everyone else in this I and mean, clearly they have to be right like they're they're being tasked to bring out the the role with the most gravitas to it but I thought that Rory Cochran did a really great job and I thought that uh, Katie did as well you know the the mom and dad did a fantastic job in this movie yeah so when she's crawling around in that bedroom just reduced to an animalistic state yeah I mean I'm she's pretty terrifying yeah um, you know there's there's a lot of times it's the keynote thing in this you know this whole podcast that we see something scary and to me one of probably the top 10 moments of this entire year of us reviewing these movies is her stalking young Kaylee on all fours. And I was just like, could you imagine, you know, and you try to put yourself in the position of the daughter, right? And, and Kaylee, and you're like, could you imagine your mother who is, who's been reduced to this animalistic state has barely has any teeth in her head. And now she's been let loose and she's stalking you, but she's not walking upright. She is coming at you like a wolf. Yeah, man. Absolutely right. Uh, Flanagan knows how to get scared. He just knows how to do it. He he draws scares out of all kinds of stuff. Even her chasing them up the scene, the, uh, up the stairs, rather, the first time into their bedroom, when young Kaylee is begging her, Mama, please stop. Yeah. It's heartbreaking, man. Yeah. Uh, and then eventually that character has to figure out, like, if we're going to get out of here, i got to hit Mom with a club. Yeah. That's a tough, tough sp- uh, spot to be in if you're going to try to empathize with the character. So, yeah, good call, man. Um, I also thought it was pretty chilling when the neighbor comes over. Like, remember, they got out of the house and mm-hmm. they go to, like, get help. And then the neighbor comes over over to check and dad talks him off the ledge. Everything's cool. Let's go play golf next Tuesday. But you see that bloody hand up against the wall. And when the neighbor leaves, he doesn't go attack the kids. He turns and makes eye contact with them and goes back to the mirror. 
I thought that was really sinister without going for a bloody gory or uh, a direct attack scare. Yeah, I was going to say, instead of going for the chase scene, because that's mm-hmm. what you're expecting, right? Mm-hmm. You're expecting the door to close, him make eye contact, and then run up the stairs with like whatever weapon he can find. And instead, Flanagan zags instead of zigs, and it's a really good it's a really good call. Yeah. So I guess that exhausts my list of positives here. I'm, I'm overall positive about the movie, but I do, on this rewatch, have some, some negatives. So you ready to switch to that? You got more? Uh, no, I think that that's pretty much it for the positives. And uh, I think that you and I, again, I I said it earlier, I think that you and I are going to line up on these negatives as well, but go ahead. Well, interestingly enough, in a way I don't remember the first time, I found it kind of hard to deal with the braided narratives of past and future. I thought it was kind of distracting every now and then. Yeah, the biggest biggest negative in this movie uh, for you, for me, but also from what I read from uh, reviews was that it gets kind of hard to follow. And I, I, again, I don't remember that either in the first viewing of it, but watching it now, I was like, okay, what's, you know, what's going on? Trying to keep my head on a swivel because it just, you know, just changed so quickly. Um, uh, To to his credit, there's one super cool scene where I think young Tim is coming down the stairs or maybe it's young Tim coming down and old Kaylee is going up and they pass each other on the stairs. There's cool moments. It's a cool device. Absolutely, yeah. I just felt it got a little muddy. Mm -hmm. Yeah, for sure. Um, And, and you know, the biggest thing for me is, is after a while of so much like back and forth and is this real and is this fake and things like that like you start to wonder was any of it real Mm -hmm. you know Mm -hmm. like is Tim mentally deranged yeah is Tim just a psychopath sure Uh, you know and and I guess that's probably where he wanted to leave it right Flanagan's that nuance that he probably wanted to leave you thinking like okay you you know for all intents and purposes that this mirror is possessed and it's doing all this stuff but at the same time maybe it's not maybe 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 these kids are just warped yeah and maybe Tim, you know, uh, actually did kill his dad because, you know, he was cheating on the mom and all this other stuff. And maybe Tim comes back and snaps and just kills his sister. And well, and, you know, she set all that stuff up. So somebody had to like beat Tim to the punch to set that weighted hook into the ceiling or whatever. Sure. So maybe she's mental illness runs in the family and she's just as ill as he is. And he ended up taking her out. Right. And, and also on the same point, I guess if you're going to raise that, that this is what Flanagan wants, maybe that sense of being disoriented is what he wanted, braiding those plots in the way he did. I certainly give him kudos for not doing it in discrete flashbacks. That's the tried and true method for a movie like this. He has them play out side by side with no visual signals that, you know, one thing is happening in the time frame and then the next is not. Yeah. So even when I want to be critical of Flanagan, I kind of find my way back to seeing the skill with what he's done. Sure. Um, the, the other thing for me is the stinking ending on this movie. Yeah, man. It's, uh, you know, like, like I said before, we have just watched we've watched some decent movies good to decent movies lately that just they they end me you know like they kill me at the ending like I you know I mean unironically right Kaylee um, oh I mean I, I knew what I was doing <laughs> uh, you know you just get to a point where like you're either you're either really involved in the movie and you know everything's going well and you're really enjoying it and then the ending just sucks the life out of you or like on a movie uh, that we uh, that we reviewed where I hated it and then hated it a lot more because of the ending. So, yeah, for this and and uh, especially for Mike Flanagan, remember one of the things we talked about that was so great about it, Simcha, was that we we got a decent ending out of it. Got a fairy tale ending. Yeah. And that's, the same thing with uh, Before I Wake. Hush as Hush, well. yeah. You know, that is that is one of the things I most value about him is because he doesn't go for the, the cynical, nihilistic ending. That's so common. So I'm with you, man. I was legit, both times watching this movie, just depressed with what happens with Tim. If anybody in this movie 
even more than Kaylee, has earned a happy ending. It's the kid who's been institutionalized and like fought to what he thought he was doing anyway was regain his sanity. Right. Even more than than the daughter. Yeah. Because if I have to compare the two, she was out free, able to like build a life. Sure. Right. Yeah, absolutely. That he catches the weight for the mirror is one of the worst experiences of, you know, recent horror watching for me. Again, it's just super nihilistic. Yeah. At, at this point, you want him to die so he can just be re- reunited with the whole family. <laughs> sure. Right? Like, go jump in the mirror. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, it, it took some of the shine off this movie for me. Um, on, on the other side, though, friend of the podcast, Jody Webster, who created the October Scarathon list that we promoted through our podcast last Halloween. On Letterboxd.com, I'm going to read just a section from his review. He he raved about this movie. I think he gave it four and a half stars out of five. Ooh. So the second paragraph, he says, this movie is actually scary. The evil that the mirror brings is a corrupting evil that destroys marriages and turns parents against their own children. It reminded me of The Shining in that respect. The mirror doesn't just kill you, it destroys you and everything you care about from within. To me, that's a lot scarier than a monster in the woods. Add in some effective jump scares and a great atmosphere and you end up with some really solid scares. And all I'm going to say to Jody is, as a guy who's probably more critical than he is, man, right on. The idea of this mirror not just killing you, but doing it slowly by changing you and turning you into the kind of mom who'll chase her kids down the hall on all fours, that is pretty stinking terrifying. But not only that, but also by preying on your fears too, right? Sure. Like, remember the time where she walks out of the room after having that discussion with the dad and she and she hears something like Sal or, or you know, some mm-hmm. some remark about herself and we find out early in the movie that she's she's very self-conscious about her C-section scar and, of course, when she gets possessed by the mirror, that's kind of the thing that the mirror shows her again as a C-section scar. So, yeah, I mean, that's that's very true. Uh, I don't, I can't, can't agree with him on four and a half out of five, though. You know, I, I'm with you. Uh, with with all the respect in the world to Jody, absolutely. But I do wonder if the first time I watched this, I don't know how many times Jody's seen this. Yeah. But I wonder if I would have affirmed that more fully the first time I watched it. You know, I'm not saying even that Jody's going to grow into our perspective if he watches it enough and takes a more. That's not it at all. He will. <laughs> they all will, Jeff. <laughs> they all will conform. They all will. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just saying that I was more enthusiastic the first time I saw it. Sure, absolutely. And at that point, I also hadn't been taught to like have the highest of expectations for Mike Flanagan. Right. I mean, I expect Olympic level gold from him every time he turns on his camera now. Yeah. And so even where I find a few small criticisms, it just by comparison lowers the bar for me. The bar. The bar. And may I also submit this to you. When I saw this movie, it was um, it was in theaters. for the, well, the first time I saw it was in theaters. And uh, I remember the only reason it was on my radar was because they were showing so many previews of it through WWE Monday Night Raw. Okay. And so I see it as a WWE films. And I'm like, oh, this is going to be horrible. But it looks, the premise looks cool, so I'll give it a shot. And, I mean, obviously it exceeds my expectations. There's no probably about it. This was the first Mike Flanagan film that I saw. So, you know, if Jody is going into that the same way that we were, or, you know, that I was, and and clearly you were around that same thing, then yeah, I could could definitely see myself put, you know, putting this kind of of spin on it. Sure. Um, Sure. May I I counterpoint by giving just a couple IMDB reviews on it? Oh, yeah. Okay. So, uh, I've got one here that is 
that says uh, it's a one out of ten. Oh, now come on, dude, fight me. Disappointing. Uh, that's that's the title of it. Not. Oh I mean, his, his rating is disappointing too. But this this is the title of it. Or excuse me, it's it's a female. I apologize. Um, the pronouns. Well, one of the worst horror movies I've ever seen so far. An awful plot based on empty suspense scenes only. A hasty and disappointing ending that simply made it easy or earlier suspense totally meaningless and left the audience with a sense of betrayal because you were led to expect something grand, but all you got in the end is that's it. But why? However, if you have nothing else to do and expect very little, then it could be one of your options for a Friday night. But it's not a movie that you want to watch again. My old standard for good horror movies would be What Lies Beneath and The Others. It's important to produce a solid story that explains and signifies the earlier suspense moments. It makes the audience think and love to watch it again with family and friends. This person and I don't understand the world the same way, except for the part about the ending. You know, at the at the end, I do want more. Um, oh, actually, I guess I love The Others as well. Who, who can criticize The Others? The Others is a great movie. It's one of the most interesting movies you'd seen from horror when it came out. Yeah. You know, a long time. But What Lies Beneath? Yeah, dude. What in the world are you drinking? That's, yeah. Uh, unless that's the unless that's like the scale, right? It's either it's on the scale of what lies beneath to the others. That's the only way I would look at it. But if you're saying if you're telling me what lies beneath is a good horror movie, come on now, player. Yeah, get out of here. Yeah, uh, one more, and this is a ten out of ten. An exciting so- psychological movie after a long time. I'm pretty sure he meant exciting. It's exiting, but I'm pretty sure exciting is what they were going for. Uh, <laughs> we don't need to spell. It's the internet. I haven't reviewed any movies here except for some TV series, but for this movie, I had to. This is an excellent work from the director Mike Flanagan in a horror genre. Well-written story, even though at first it may feel like an old concept. Uh, just after 10 minutes, or just after 10 minutes after the start, you will be completely inside the story. More than the spine-chilling moments, there are a lot of psychological elements that will bring goosebumps. Another highlight is the wonderful acting, though camera work should have been better. Karen Gillan looks cute throughout, and Britton Thwaites leaves an impression. I love this movie. Don't go with negative reviews. Go watch it. Worth every penny. Better than all of the paranormal activity movies. Okay. Okay. Which, I mean, that's like being a black highlighter, right? Like... <laughs> Congratulations. Yeah. Yeah. So there's people out on the internet who don't know what they're talking about is one lesson we take here. But there are some people on the internet who know what they're talking about. Yeah. I mean. So we've covered, we've gained no ground. We've, we've known this all along. Yeah, yeah for sure. <laughs> Good call. <laughs> yeah. Um, but, you know, it's just, it's fun to see the. The range. Yeah. The range of, you know, how, you know, and there's, there's a lot of ones and twos in there. Uh, there was one, one that I saw where it said really long and, and useless. And I was like, it's an hour and a half. How is it long? Like you saw Titanic. I'm sure you did. That's a long movie. Sure. Right? Sure. Um, Yeah. So, I again, I I agree with a lot of what Jody said, um, but I I definitely, even even watching it for the first time, sight unseen and having my expectations met, I I don't think I would have went four out of five. Sure. Or four and a half out of five. Okay. Well, I guess we can get to that in just a second. Before we move on, though, did you know there's a Bollywood adaptation of this movie? I had had read something about that. I think it came came out in 2017. It's Dobara, See Your Evil. Why you? Why are you asking me about Bollywood stuff, Jeff? Because this is the only Bollywood connection I think we've ever covered on mm-hmm. Saw Something Scary. Yeah, sure. Has nothing to do with your skin tone, melanin Whatever. content, anything right. like that. Yeah. Siblings Natasha and Kabir Merchant investigate an allegedly haunted mirror in their parents' home in this official adaptation of Oculus. You know how I know Mike Flanagan's the man? His stories translate to different cultures. Yeah, when Bollywood's trying to take his movies. <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah. it's universal experience stuff and big ideas that transcend Western versus, you know, uh, more Eastern culture. Yeah, you know what this, this whole thing reminds me of? that we have got to get Mike Flanagan on the podcast. Yeah, for sure, man. For sure. Hey, if you love us, tweet at him and say, don't forget to do that interview with Saw Something Scary you signed up for more than a year ago. Yeah. Just be like, hey, Mike, we know that you're super busy right now, but at Derek Zoo and at Right Jeff from at Scary Podcast. And you can do all that because now Twitter gives you a thousand characters. <laughs> this is true. Would love to interview you. Okay, Derek. So let's do a 
star rating. I'm sorry, a one to ten rating for the first time we saw this. Okay. Yours would be for the first time I saw this mm-hmm. seven. I'm I'm exactly with you. Second time you saw this five and a half. I'm gonna go six. Okay. So we're pretty close. Yeah. By far, uh, an above average horror movie. Yeah. Compared to Flanagan's other works, maybe didn't land so high. Okay. Well, let's 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 go through that because you and I rank these before. Yeah. And this and we ranked them when we thought that we had reviewed all of the all of the works. We have officially done that now and are looked for and see House on Haunted Hill. But this is, you know, so far, this is the canon. Mm-hmm. So let's go through it again from bottom to top. Where would you go? I'm going to go Hush again, number one. Oh, okay. Or from top to bottom, however you want to do it. My bad. <laughs> I can't remember what the worst one would be. Oh, Absentia. Yeah. Absentia would be bottom. Uh, I would go... Man, it's tough at that point. Right now, I'm going to put Oculus there. Okay. I really liked Before I Wake. Okay. I liked it every time I've seen it. So I'll go Before I Wake after that. Gerald's Game. Hush. What am I missing? Ouija. Ouija. So I'm going to slide Ouija in on the way up the scale Mm -hmm. after... Before I wake and before they put it before Gerald's game, I think. Okay, so so you're so you're going Absentia, Oculus, Before I Wake, Ouija, uh, Ouija, Gerald's game, Hush. Yes. Okay, I would probably say the same. Yeah. And that top three is a murderer's row. Yeah. Oh yeah, for sure. Uh, you don't get a you don't get a weak spot till you get down to like Oculus. Right. And Absentia, I think, is really only held back by its budget. Yeah. I mean, you're. We talked about it. That that also is in the archives. I don't know if I said that that one was earlier or not. Um, they're all in the archives. Let's just go ahead and say that. <laughs> uh, but, you know, we we said it on, in the review that that's, that's a director finding his footing, mm-hmm. right? Um, and, and yeah, based on the budget and everything that he had to work with, it's it's a, it's a good movie. Uh, you know, if, if he could do that movie now with uh, with a budget that Netflix could provide for him, I'm sure it'll be out, it would be outstanding. Sure. So, he's like pizza, right? Even mediocre Flanagan is still good Flanagan. Absolutely. So, do we see something scary? Yeah, I think so. For sure. Yeah. There's enough here, even on the rewatch, that kind of creeped me out. Yeah. So. Uh, not not just like jump scares and things like that, but, uh, you know, also like Jody said, like a lot of, a lot of psychological stuff. And I think even the, one of the reviewers said on IMDb, you know, gives you goosebumps and things mm-hmm. like that. So, yeah, definitely. Yeah. We, I guess we could say this is multi-level scary. So the way it messes with your sense of reality, the way it uh, jumps out at you sometimes, the way it talks about the erosion of family relationships and even characters. Yeah. Just scary multiple different ways. Yeah. Good stuff from Mike Flanagan, as you usual. Anything else you got to say before we put a bow on it? Uh, no, man. Uh, it's always fun to review Mike Flanagan film. Um, you know, this is it's it's fun now to like look through his his works because you see Absentia and then you see Oculus and and again, probably still trying to find his footing, right? And then you go with uh, Before I Wake was right in there and uh, Ouija and Hush and Gerald's Game. Uh, so now, I mean, dude's, dude's killing it. Well, if you chart those on a calendar, you see like this super high upswing. Like, he's getting better every time he touches a camera. Yeah. And he started off strong. So, here we go, guys. You know, buy your stock in Mike Flanagan because if if the past is any indication, the future is going to be incredibly bright. And the only guy that I think maybe is eclipsing him on the strength of his first project is Jordan Peele. Right. You know, if Jordan gets better at the rate that he jumped in at, you know, there's no telling where the future goes. Flanagan has a few more films under his belt, but that up curve is pretty strong, too. So, Derek, uh, wrapping up Oculus and wrapping up the, finally, actually wrapping up
up the Flanagan filmography as we've seen it. Uh, we'll just say we're looking forward, as you already mentioned, to House on Haunted Hill and uh, talking to Mike Flanagan sometime in an interview. It's going to happen, man. It's going to happen. Yeah. He's a good guy. Yeah. So if it wasn't going to happen, he wouldn't keep messaging, messaging, messaging us being like, hey, it's going to happen. Right. So. Right. Where can they find you online? Uh, you can find me at Derek Zoo uh, on all social media platforms. Jeff Wright, yourself? At Wright Jeff. I'm the same. There you go. And you can find us at Scary Podcast on Facebook and Twitter. And a uh, reminder to rate, review, subscribe to this show. Get some get some ears on this thing, man. We just eclipsed 10,000 downloads, uh, as you know, from last week's episode of The Exorcist. We hope that you guys enjoyed. Um, so make sure, or was that two weeks ago? Am I think I- it was two weeks ago on this one. You're right. Two weeks ago. Things are starting to run together, man. You're in a busy season. I know. It's I just moved. Things are things are rough. I got no criticism for you, dude. I, I, I variated between Thanos and Thanos. So what am I going to do to criticize? It's true. Thank you. You're welcome. We all float down here. Uh, anyway, we hope that you guys enjoyed the 10,000 download episode of The Exorcist two weeks ago. Uh, and obviously, we're going to try to plan more stuff like that in the future. But in order to do that, we got to have people downloading and listening. So uh, get on it, guys. <laughs> I say that as a taskmaster, not being appreciative of our audience. Thank you guys so much for for listening and for downloading. We we greatly appreciate it. Uh, remember, you can hit us up anytime. Uh, SawSomethingScary.com has a message, or not a message board, but a, a comment section. Uh, and you can always get at us with that. We'd love to hear from you guys. Uh, any movies that you have in the future, we would love to hear from that as well. All right, that'll do it for this week's episode of Saw Something Scary. Again, guys, thank you so much for listening. For Jeff Wright, this is Derek Zhu reminding you to stay away from clowns in sewers, blind men with turkey pasters, and white people with teacups. Bye-bye, man. 